Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the MTG Conflicts cast. My name is John and I'm joined by my co-host Chris. Hello. Steven's out this week, but he'll be back next week with a new and improved work schedule, so we'll look forward to having him back. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the results of this past weekend's SCG Modern Open and Modern Classic, as well as some uh, sweet tech that we've been working on for ourselves. Not not actually you, the listener, but we're sharing them with you because we, we love you so much. <laughs> so much. So much. And and because, you know, we, we can't keep a secret. Uh, so let's kick things off where if our weekly roundup, we talk about what decks we piloted and played against this past week. And let's start with you, Chris. Uh, well, to the surprise of exactly no one, I played Amulet um, wow. at FNM. Uh, I did not play any modern at all in my time in Japan, so this was my first paper modern event since going back. Thought it might be a little rusty. Um, turns out, deck drew good. Uh, ended three zero one. I intentionally drew in the last round because I didn't feel like playing the mirror. Oh, so mm-hmm. just a bunch of terrible scrubs. That you easily beat that's what you're saying oh uh, yeah of course um uh round two i played against john <laughs> <laughs> womp womp basically a buy round two buy pretty sweet yeah, yeah basically i like uh, to put my sideboard <laughs> and died a little on the inside no round one i played against uh, black white tokens and we actually didn't play very much magic at all the whole match uh, game one, I mulled to five and did absolutely nothing. <laughs> game two, he mulliganed to five and did absolutely nothing. And then game three, he kept a one lander, didn't draw a second land, and did absolutely nothing. Wow, sounds like some riveting magic. Yeah, it was a lot of hard decisions were made. <laughs> uh, round two, play against good old John over here. And uh, I don't know, uh, should I spoil what you were playing? Nah, sure, yeah. Uh, John was on some spooky boys. Uh, spooky some, boys. It's October. Some, some spirits. It's a theme deck. <laughs> yeah, that would yeah, give ne- me an excuse for how bad I did. Never played the matchup before. I'm pretty sure we like what we both punted game one. Yeah, that sounds I believe. right. And John ended up on the positive end of the the punts at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, games two and three. I don't remember exactly what happened. Something happened. I played a titan. John died. I don't know. Yeah, that happens. <clears throat> Uh, my third round, I played against Esper Shadow, uh, a deck near and dear to John's heart. Oh, yeah. And Good it time. was quite a doozy of a match. Uh, apparently, my opponent was playing the card. Fa- uh, what the hell is it called? It's some shield. Oh, Faith's, uh, Faith's Reward or something like that? Mm, the, the is it fateful, Faith's Reward? The Fateful Hour. <laughs> yeah, the card has Fateful Hour. So it's one white Tarkusher gets, like, progression from whatever color you want to end up turn. But Fateful Hour, all of your creatures get protection of the chosen color. And you. <clears throat> no, and you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so I go and... Uh, I go get a titan, and I'm like a Hornet Queen, which is pretty good against these, you know, shadow decks. And he's sitting there with, like, Gurmog Angler, Double Shadow, Lingering Souls, two Lingering Soul tokens. And I have a titan, a Hornet Queen, a bunch of bees, and a whole bunch of lands, including the Double Strike land. So I transmute for a blue pact, and I go shove in at uh, my opponent. He gives his Gurmog pro green and blocks. I'm like, okay. Got him. And I chose to trample over no damage. 
<laughs> for fear of some shenanigans. Because <clears throat> uh, he was at pretty low low life total already. I think he's at five exactly, maybe. And he untaps. Draws like a cantrip, I think. Yeah, with like a serum vision. Like serum visions. Serum visions hits Snapcaster Mage. Snapcaster Mages for the stupid face reward or whatever card. It's Faithful not hours. Or, not face reward. I don't think face reward is like a card, card. No, it's face reward is a. Uh... Is that brings a permanent back to the battlefield if it was put there this turn? Oh, all permanent cards. Oh Sun, yeah, it was like second sunrise, second sunrise for four mana. Yeah, man, good shit. <laughs> anyway, I don't remember what the card is called. It oh. is Faith's Shield. Oh yes, of course, the other Faith card. <laughs> so he Faith Shields gives all those creatures pro green, and he's like, huh? I was like, uh, counter that. <laughs> He's all, <laughs> and then yeah. dies. I was really scared that his last card in his hand was just going to be a stubborn Denial and I would just lose. Yeah, basically. Because he was playing like, because the the pact was known information, and he was like gesturing and playing as if like he you know all he needed was this you know face shield to kill me, and he got the face shield. I was like, am I dead? And he's like, oh wait, no, this is just countered. <laughs> you had it like sitting on the table, like yeah, I was like sitting there it. face up. Yeah, it's like. Reveal. He just like forgot about it somehow, like hidden in plain sight. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a Yu-Gi-Oh card or something. <laughs> that fucking card, man. Uh, those expeditions are just awful to look at. And then it's apparently awesome. everyone was playing Amulet that day because uh, there were three three people playing Amulet, including myself. And I wound up getting paired against the uh, another Amulet player in the last round, and we decided that we would rather draw than play the mirror. <laughs> Fellow man of culture. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was my FNM experience. Uh, okay. How is it for you, John? Uh, not, not, not so good. Um, I was, I was convinced by a person who will remain unnamed. <laughs> Max, you know who you are. <laughs> you know what you've done. <laughs> to play uh, Bant Spirits, you know, sound logic, you know. Oh, well, you hate humans. This deck is like humans, but interactive and not boring to play. So I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I'll play Bant Spirits. I had the deck. From before Supreme Phantom got printed, which obviously was like a huge power boost for the deck, and people have discovered the the ultimate tech that is three Aether vials <laughs> together with a place that have collected company. It's all you need. It's uh, it's always perplexed me, but I'm uh, pretty sure like two Hall of Famers played the deck at the last uh, big uh, modern event. So who am I to to question <laughs> them and their infinite? wisdom but uh yeah i got smashed i went one and three <laughs> i won round one and proceeded to lose the next three rounds so that felt bad the games felt super swingy i felt like i was either like nutting on people or just like playing like a bunch of bad bears <laughs> playing these really anemic mediocre creatures yeah i don't know it just like wasn't gelling and uh, yeah i don't know i like well i lost i lost in time to a Tesserator deck where I had probably like at least 12 creatures in play like not exaggerating I think I had like 12 creatures in play <laughs> and um, I had killed him I killed him I lost game one and I, game two I killed him with a noble hierarch that did 10 damage one at a time under an ensnaring bridge <laughs> Um, and then the next game, I had to do the same thing, but with 
a uh, uh, a flying spirit of some kind was getting in for one um, because he had double ensnaring bridge and uh, he had uh, I'm sorry it's uh, the regenerating uh, artifact uh, welding jar yeah he had welding jar so he had like all the protection um, so I had two selfless spirits and a uh, rest in peace on a on a spirit I think it's like remorseful cleric is the new yeah. guy so and I had a rest in peace in play and I think I also had a stony silence <laughs> Uh, so I couldn't figure out like what he was like holding on to. He had like a card in his hand, like the whole game. And so I'm like getting in for one. Cause he had like one card in hand. I couldn't figure out what the heck it was. And so eventually he, I have like a bunch of stuff like stuck under, um, under spell callers that I like really don't want him to have back. Um, so he like eats through eventually like over like many 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 turns eats through both of my um selfless spirits and then drops a damnation as the card he's been holding in his hand this whole time and just kills everything <laughs> so we end up with like nothing on the board and he gets like a tezzeret and some other good card back off the spell callers <laughs> and just like proceeds to like kill me in the like last like couple of turns of the game like in actual turns of a tesseret ult so delicious yeah it was a really close one i guess <laughs> i don't know deck felt a little little anemic or like i don't know it was like it's like high octane it was like either like really on or really off <laughs> the cylinders were firing it was like doing sweet stuff and if you're just uh if you're just cruising it's not really doing much for you <laughs> so I mean, what, you competed against me and what did you find? Like, Noble Hierarch and... Uh, I think, like, the this the one-mana, like, like, Curse Catcher. Yeah, Mausoleum Wonder. <laughs> like, yeah, Curse Catcher Spirit. Like, yeah. I had some pretty bad Cocos. I think I whiffed on a Coco. I had a Coco against the Tesserator player where I actually just didn't put anything into play because if I put a lord into play, I wouldn't be able to keep attacking him. <laughs> so it's like all lords. Uh, so I was just like, well, putting these away. <laughs> it's pretty awful. Uh, so so yeah, that was, that was fun times. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I might give the deck some more attention, but ugh, it's not a good FNM. One and three is pretty bad. So, but yeah, yeah. Rough. Yeah, very rough. <sighs> if only I could go three zero and one and get some store credit. Mm. Oh yeah. So uh, if I hadn't cashed, I would have been fresh out of store credit and had to pay my way into the next week. Oh man, what a peasant! But now I've been saved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a little bit of credit because I actually like uh, prized at the legacy event I went to last time, which was which was nice. <laughs> high risk, high reward at those legacy events, man. The entry fees are a lot higher. Um, but anyways, uh, moving up from our weekly roundup, we're going to get right into our topic this week. We're going to talk about the SCG Open and Classic, which were both modern that happened this weekend. Um, we're going to talk about uh, the Man of the Hour, the one that uh, took it all away in the uh, the Open Chris. 
Yeah, so what we got here is uh, four color death's shadow. Yeah. Now, this list looks very, very, very similar to like the very first uh, four color shadow variants we'd seen. So, <clears throat> when Jun Shadow first got in the limelight after the uh, Taxian Pro ban, yep. um, a couple of weeks after that, this four color uh, version popped up, splashing stubborn denial. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And uh, it's kind of a monstrosity. Yeah, Clay Spicklemeyer was uh, playing a deck like this for a long time on the on the open series and doing pretty well. Here it is back again. It, it it's complete with the Traverse for Gore Clan Rampager combo. Mm, yeah, it's tasty. So it gets you an extra Teamer Battle Rage of sorts main deck, but you can actually tutor this one up, which is quite nice. Yeah. Um, so I mean, these shadow decks are much more in your wheelhouse. Yeah, they're. Uh, I look at this and I'm like, man, it's like uh, the meme of the guy walking next to his girlfriend, like looking at the other girl. <laughs> it's like, hmm, I could be playing something like this. Greedy as hell mana base, bunch of sweet, cheap, cheap spells, and then some Colgon's commands because because value. <laughs> value. Uh, no Snapcaster Mages in this deck, though, so I don't, I don't know, Chris. Like I like me don't need Snapcaster em. Mage. I feel like my Snapcaster Mages are gonna get like worn down into nubs eventually. Is I'm just gonna play them until there's actually just no cardboard left. As they like, <laughs> as they like break apart from being shuffled inside of their their inner sleeves <laughs> a billion times. Says so the guy who's been playing spirits and then humans for the past like month or two. Yeah, but I mean I've been playing like my snaps and like other decks during the same time for fun so they're still getting shuffled <laughs> but yeah the uh the two tar fires are just like uh always sweet to see in a deck like this the turning on the uh timer and the traverse it's like a really um really like uh effective card for kind of like doing the things the deck wants to do it like kills small creatures that are like blocking the board you know cluttering up the board or like ramping their opponent into something um it goes to the face it can even make a shadow a little bit bigger boy to uh avoid like a counter like a not a counter spell, like a bolt could like turn your tar fire into a spell pierce effectively <laughs> yeah i mean this deck plays two tar fires zero bolts yeah who needs that who needs them yeah just trample on over man make some big goys and big shadows and just get in there yeah yeah, the removal package in this deck is super interesting. Get one dismember, two fatal push, two Colgon's commands, and then two tar fires. It's, uh, and then I guess two Liliana the Veil. You could kind of call removal. So. Yeah, you some yeah usually. Yeah, this deck's just like super low to the ground, which is pretty sweet. So it's interesting. Uh, I wonder how much this deck actually really likes to plus Liliana. I guess it's just like a, a way to get extra discard out of your hand later in the game. But uh, I don't know. Feels bad discarding cards. I like playing snapcaster decks where you don't discard your cards i don't know i mean the seam senior deck is so low that yeah you just dump your hand you just yeah dump your hand and just take it up um yep. the first the first uh, peak of assassin's trophy you're making its way into modern two copies yeah. in the sideboard yeah yeah i think it's a good sideboard card for sure uh i actually played against someone on moto that was playing this deck and uh i just crushed him and he supported in Phyrexian Revoker against me and I was like I was really confused like why the hell you would play 
Gregson Revoker in your sideboard, and then I, I assume he just copied this guy's list, so that makes way more sense. This is like in the like just for fun room or something. It's like <laughs> why he brought it in is another question. Yeah, it was completely, but... completely incorrect in that in that case. But uh, but yeah, I was I was very surprised to see a Phyrexian Revoker that was not in you know I don't know Legacy Death and Taxes. It's just basically the only place I've ever seen that card, other than like some you know modern white weenie decks. But uh, but yeah, but uh, moving on from um, the winner, uh, we've got a pile of dredge and humans decks. Dredge taking second and third, humans taking fifth, sixth, seventh, and fifteenth. So yeah, funnily enough, um, dredge also finding room for some assassins trophies in their sideboard. <laughs> yeah. I guess if you can't really decide what kind of hate spell you need to destroy, just take a card that can destroy any of them. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, it's very effective removal, right? It gets whatever you need to do. And that's uh, and these uh, these decks, I think that's a really good way to go, just to have uh, broad answers. And then Dredge nodding, taking a nod in the mirror, full four Leyline of the Voids in the, in the sideboard there too. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of that uh, from when I played Vintage Dredge and you actually did, you know, crazy crap like actually playing four main deck <laughs> Leyline of the Voids <laughs> just for the mirror. Uh, so, yeah, Leyline's sweet and Dredge. But um, aside from these, you know, somewhat uh, boring decks, we've got a we've got a, a gruel land destruction. Everyone loves playing against Ponza, right? Just, mm. just a, a solid, yeah. good, fun, clean magic taking it's tenth place here. I can't yeah. wait. Got some. <laughs> yeah, your favorite matchup, right? Uh. Well, what do you what do you like more? The four blood moons, the four stone rains, or the two molten rains? <laughs> or perhaps the fact that they start doing it on turn two? Easily the blood moon. <laughs> what about a sideboard trenosphere that card I, doesn't mean anything yeah i guess it's not as good against you it makes it harder for you to set up though right i mean making pack cost three and then uh, <laughs> and then rexage also costs three is pretty pretty tilting but um yeah i think overall it's not good against me the only thing i enjoy about ponza is being able to scout in a bounce land in response to stone rain yeah it's always good that is that is literally all. Everything else is terrible. I don't know, man. This deck's sweet. They've got they've got one one storm breath dragon, just one. MVP, lingering souls be gone. No it's blocking here. All you need. All you need. Well, maybe 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 you need more than one dragon sometimes. Which is uh, what brings us to. The... Oh, I, guess, I guess this is why uh, they got they were outside the top eight, right? Just didn't have enough dragons. <laughs> yeah, didn't have enough dragons. So in the uh, in the classic, the modern classic, we've got here another another spicy number. Actually, also looking at it from the top eight, but uh, someone played a Scred Dragons. Are you talking about the second place? I guess we'll we'll, we'll get to that. We got a Scred Red deck in second place at the classic. So uh, we've got you See, know three storm breaths, three storm breath dragons. See, yes, three three dragons better than one dragon. Yep. Second place, easy. Strictly strictly better. Also, also two squee goblin naboob with a third in the board <laughs> just gets you a card advantage engine. So I don't know. This deck like is actually kind of sweet to me. Like uh, it reminds me of the uh, mono red uh, moon decks in Legacy that play like Chalice and Moon. Um, but you get to like play obviously Blood Moon, but the Relic Progenitus kind of like also filling the role of the second hate card, and then you have 
super sweet removal of scred everyone on this podcast knows how much we love scred gets you some card advantage in the form of scrying sheets and then just kind of a host of planeswalkers to round things out to uh or sorry one chandra flame caller three chandra torture defiance and four koth of the hammer <laughs> it's been a while since we saw four koth of the hammer that card is a beating um and in case uh four blood moons was not enough hate for Tron, we also have four damping spheres <laughs> in the sideboard, alongside four molten rains. <laughs> I can't even imagine, like, uh, yeah, just sometimes you just really need to to get them. Yeah, just like <laughs> you just stone rain them every turn until you like decide that you want to deploy a threat, and then you just go back to stone raining them while you kill them with that one threat. <laughs> Right, just like you like damping sphere them, and they like have to waste a turn blowing it up, and you moon them, and they waste a turn blowing it up, and then you just stone rain them. And they're just they just stop playing. <laughs> but uh, a slightly spicier take, I think, on this style of deck is in twelfth place we have a Skrit Dragons deck. So none of none of that uh, you know Hazaret garbage or uh, you know Pia and Karen Nalar. No, thank you, sir. Squeaky Goblin Naboob can uh, take a take a take a seat on the bench because we've got a one avaricious dragon in the main deck. Who needs a hand when you control two cards a turn? This is probably the worst Dark Confidant I've ever seen. <laughs> what do you mean? Dark Confidant's not a four four with flying. He's not a dragon either. Four glory bringers, two storm breath dragons, two thunder mile kites. But if you thought that uh, all the Planeswalkers were left at home, you'd be wrong. Yeah. We have uh, three Chandra Torch Defiance, a solid red Planeswalker. Very good. Uh, but uh, because we're playing Dragons, we obviously have to be playing Sarkin the F- Fireblood. Yeah, the card's cool. Oddly Seems enough, good. this card would combo probably a little bit better with uh, Squee, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, discard it, draw a card, draw the Squee again. Ah, is this a combo? <laughs> <laughs> It's got a uh, risk factor. It's kind of sweet with Sargon, I guess. Discard a risk factor. Eh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Cast it again with the mountain that you drew off of <laughs> Sarkin. <laughs> you know, the great thing about Sarkin is that you can discard all these clunky-ass dragons. Yeah. And use them to play other clunky-ass dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, fair. it's fair. You can use them to help find the right dragon for the job. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a, a wide selection. This baby can fit so many dragons inside of it. Like, I don't know, man. How do you feel about turn one, uh, Sarkin? <laughs> yeah. Turn two, uh, Avaricious Dragon. Discard your hand? I mean, I guess you probably wouldn't have much of a hand if you're playing turn one Sarkin. <laughs> yeah, your hand's already gone. <laughs> Goodbye, sp- four Simeon Spirit Guides to enable that one. Ugh. Yeah, feels pretty bad when your opponent, like, paths or... Fatal pushes your avaricious dragon. See, it's also a combo deck. Uh, comboing Cavern of Souls and Blood Moon. Ah, yes, yeah. You know, just that's just good deck building. Even good. also scrying sheets. Good solid deck building. Now, don't you hate on scrying sheets? That's just pure card advantage. <clears throat> See, so you can you can use Blood Moon to uh, color fix yourself into more red mana. <laughs> but it's still a snowland, so it counts for your uh, your screds. Ah. It's just uh, good, good deck building. Yeah. I like, I like the uh, the three anger of the gods, one sweltering suns split. 
you know, four four anger of the gods just too many. Sometimes you just don't need four angers. Yeah. Sometimes you could play just better cards than anger of the gods, right, Chris? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, do we want to keep talking about the, uh, the the classic, or do we want to get into the uh, the meat the meat of our uh, our cast today? Well, I mean, uh, first, I, for all for all those loyal amulet listeners, I have to bitch about this amulet list for a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, so the list is uh, incorrectly posted on Goldfish. Uh, it says it has four ghost coders, making the deck a seventy-eight total cards, which is incorrect. <laughs> what? Uh, Just improve the, your the match only... against Mill. The only thing that's really notable here is um, three copies of Adventurous Impulse. <laughs> what you don't you don't like fixed ancient stirrings? So Discord Discord likes to talk about a lot of things. I mean, Discord likes to talk about all this kind of stuff. So they're saying, "Oh, do we play Impulse? Do you even play Emerald Promise in the sideboard?" Which this guy did as well. <laughs> um, you could have had an argument with this very guy. It's true. I might have. <laughs> he we'll got seven at a classic. Where were you? I was at home, doing nothing, not playing, getting, not topping the classic, playing moto in your underwear. Who's the real winner? You decide. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, those of you who don't even know what Adventurous Impulse does, it's a uh, Dominaria card. It's look at the top three. You may reveal a creature or a land. Put it into your hand, put the rest on the bottom in any order. This card reads a lot like Oath of Nyssa. Yeah. Except it's not an enchantment, which is sometimes better. <laughs> I guess. Because when it gets Inquisition, it doesn't turn your opponent's goif into a freaking <laughs> titan-eating monstrosity. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um... Yeah, but it actually just has less clauses than Oath of Nyssa. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I tried it once online. I didn't like it at all. Um, I, just, I just feel like cutting explorers for this card doesn't make any sense. But Chris, it can find both lands and creatures. I was talking to someone at uh, FNM about it, the guy who I drew with, and he was trying them out, and he, he's, he seemed to like them. Um... My problem is that your actual hits on impulse are not that many. Um, it doesn't find it finds Titan, but doesn't find Pact or Amulet or Amulet, and it doesn't dig as deep. So, I just my my feeling is you're not trying to impulse for like an Azusa on turn two. You're not trying to impulse for your Ballista on early in the game. It's like you're trying to impulse to find a Titan late in the game and a land early in the game. But if it's late in the game, if you're, if you've already slogged through some Titans, the odds this finds a Titan is like pretty low. Pretty low. Yeah. Oh, but you could find Teloria West. See, see, they just need to reprint actual impulse, and then you could just play that. Like, I think Explore gets a lot of flack. <laughs> a lot of flack. Um, it's like, oh, it's the worst card in the deck. And that might be true, but... It feels so necessary. <clears throat> like, Explore's really good against this card. And it's really good when you mulligan. 
because when you mulligan down, it'll let you kind of ramp while still drawing into things to do with your mana. Whereas Impulse, if you're down on cards, it'll help you find lands, but it doesn't help you get out of the gates quickly. And Modern's a fast format. I don't know. I just feel Since like Impulse whips. isn't quite quite good enough. I think it just whiffs too often. Yeah, or effectively whiffs. You know, oh, it found a land, but did I really need to find this, you know, turn eight gemstone mine? <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Let's play anyway. Lay of the Land. <laughs> I mean, Emrakul Promisen's way sweeter. Yeah. Yeah, that card's, that card's a spicy meatball, I can't confirm. Protection from instance is a doozy. Uh, I would imagine, though, this does cost a lot of mana on average. I don't <laughs> think it gets reduced very much at all, but... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're probably saving, I don't know, 2-3 mana. <laughs> Clearly, you should be playing Oath of Nyssa. Ah, yes. We've broken the format. <laughs> Get that reduction in there. Get you another type. <laughs> uh... Well, speaking of uh, terrible tweaks to already well well established decks, uh, Chris and I uh, are gonna are gonna tell you now about what we've been cooking up in the brewery. Um, we've been uh, spinning our wheels and um, you know creating a Frankenstein's monster. The uh, last I don't know last how many days now last four days. Yeah, we are ready to we're ready to share with you the listener our findings. And our findings are that there are uh, not enough dragons in modern. Welcome to uh, MTG Dragon Cast starting now. <laughs> For the next half hour, we're going to bring you all the dragon-based knowledge you will ever need to know in the modern format. Now, we're not talking about these uncivilized mono-red or green-red dragons. No, no, we've got we've got three distinct different <clears throat> dragon decks for you to try out today that we have painstakingly developed and in one case just flat out stolen from another person so <laughs> <laughs> prepare yourselves for the ultimate in dragon based knowledge <laughs> so uh, i guess we should start from the beginning the deck we stole from another yes and uh we may have uh, alluded to it or mentioned it before in the past here on the cast if you guys have listened for that long um that's good old esper dragons oh yes by the, the classic, the same the mind, original dragon <laughs> list from the same mind that brought us uh, blue red swans. <laughs> we have another deck with the greediest fucking mana I've ever seen. <laughs> you thought I liked greedy mana? This guy manages to do it in three or less colors and still make it look even greedier. <laughs> I mean, you should be all over this deck. You love greedy mana. Yeah, just I don't know. I don't know how I can get behind a deck that plays two celestial colonnades. Two creeping tar pits and two beautifuls. It's uh, it's uh, little little deep for me. I think in my version, I cut the tar pits. Uh, also, notice how none of the lands we just mentioned are islands, but we also have two glacial fortresses in our tech. <laughs> yeah, there's basically uh, plains in Manamo, also not islands. We have uh, I don't know. Well, we have eight eight islands in the deck. So it's funny violence, Chris. I don't know what you're talking about. Two hollowed fountain, four actual island, and two watery grave. That'll get you there, right? Yeah, the, there are a lot of lands that come into play tapped. In this <laughs> yeah, there, Let me tell you. There are a lot of tapped lands. 
but that's okay because this is a uh, a classic blue white control deck with a, a a black splash to it so so you might ask yourself chris john why dragons why would you want to play dragons in modern well, let me tell you, dragons are not uh, not actually meant to be used by padding out your, your silly Scred Red deck. No, no, no. They're there to enable actual factual counterspell in the form of four copies of Solemngar's Scorn, mandatory in all these deck lists. So some of, some people say counterspell is uh, safe for modern. Well, if I can take Esper Dragons 10-0 at a GPT with uh, warping... My deck <laughs> so incredibly far in order to play functional counterspell. Clearly, it Clearly. is overpowered. Busted. Yeah. You want to tell me how I did that tournament? <laughs> Playing the exact same 75? Yeah. So, so me and John, the exact same 75. I go 10-0 in games. John goes 0-10. <laughs> Two sides of the same coin. Ah, yes. We just, we just took all the luck and just put it put it over there. Just, Oh, this deck was sweet. Yeah. I mean, it had a it had a one one of disallow. Yeah, it's just because it's sometimes deckling. four counter spells isn't enough counter spells. You uh, you disallowed a storm trigger, <clears throat> did you not? Oh, I did. It was <laughs> fantastic for the win. Yes, bamboozled them real good. So uh, so yeah, so this deck uh, we'll, we'll lay it out real quick since the you know the viewers can't obviously see it. So we got a uh, four snapcaster mage, four dragon lord ojitai. It's very important. You must have four Dragonlord Ojitai because he is the best dragon. Now, you might ask yourself, Chris, John, the best dragon? What do you mean? There are so many dragons that you can play in modern. But you would be no, incorrect. You cannot. <laughs> there are actually no good dragons in modern. There are just a bunch of really, really terrible dragons. And Ojitai is definitely the best. By far. Far and away. He, uh, he attacks. He doesn't get killed by Bolt. He's got hexproof when he's untapped, and he anticipates every time you hit your opponent in the face. So, number one dragon MVP. Moving on, we've got three Fatal Push, four Path to Exile, two Spell Snare, a Nameless Inversion, which is a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Only reason it's in the deck is because sometimes you got to have cheap dragons, and there are none. There, are just none. Get, get you a crib swap. Or, or a nameless inversion, yeah, yeah. Nameless inversion is the cheapest dragon. Yep, but uh, it uh, it pumps Dragonlord Ojitai up to being uh, you know, casual eight, eight power. Eight power. It's, uh, that's a good. lot of power. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of power. So uh, we've also got two remands to pad out our four Solengar Scorn required, and uh, you know, three think twice. Just gotta gotta think thrice. Gotta think thrice, yeah. <laughs> Gotta get you some card advantage to make up for the fact that you're playing these shitty dragons in your deck. <laughs> One disallow. <laughs> a Sphinx's Revelation for still more card advantage and restocking some of the precious life points you have lost while dirt rolling around <laughs> while your opponent tries to cast a... <laughs> spells with his heinous mana base. <laughs> Three Cryptic Commands and two Supreme Verdicts. And then in the mana base, we have uh, two additional dragons in the form of Mutavolts that you can build your own cancel. And uh, a Manamo, School at Water's Edge, so that you can get people real good with your Dragonlord Ojitai. But Munifold gets people a lot. Yeah. Just gets them. Like, you, they're they're attacking with their creature, and you're like, animate Munifold block, and like, oh, before damage, do a thing, you're like, scorn. I'm like, okay, I'll pay one. No, 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 no. 
<laughs> I have a dragon. Uh-uh-uh. Like, oh, yeah. what? <laughs> it's like uh, the merfolk of all tell it, but still more. <laughs> yeah, even more so. It's like, yeah. Rather than surprise, surprise, my Mutavault is a 4-4. It's surprise, surprise, my Mutavault is one part of a two-part Voltron that creates count, <laughs> creates cancel. <laughs> yes, you got to work hard to play cards like cancel in your deck in modern. And I, I will say that out of every time that I had Mutavault animate itself to build my own cancel, I've never been punished by having my Mutavault bolted or pushed or anything. Nope, not once. Never punished. Yeah, just just good deck building right here. So, uh, so this is the uh, the old classic, built by uh, by Kevin. You know, we've uh, it's tried, tested. Also, was taken to a GPT where all three of us played the same deck and played against the same Porsche Muck twice. I think defeating him both times one zero one. I I beat him two zero. Oh, you beat him two zero. Okay. In in like basically turns. Yeah. Of game two. <laughs> Just uh, I mean, I think I had him wrapped up too, but yeah, yeah. So you know. It's fun for times. the whole family. Good times. It's fun for the whole family. So we, you know, I, I approached Chris at FNM last week, and I said, "Hey, Chris, Chris, it's time. You know, we gotta, we gotta do the thing." And he's like, "What thing? What do you mean, John?" And I said, "Well, we gotta play Esper Dragons again. You gotta, you gotta play Esper Dragons with me next week, Chris. You gotta sign the Suicide Pact. <laughs> play the same seventy-five. See who does better." So, uh, so Chris uh, surprisingly quickly bought in because he is apparently a glutton for punishment. Or just has no common sense. I'm not sure which. Or maybe he just thinks, you know, last time he uh, went to no one games and I went zero ten, so you know, easy money. <laughs> well, uh, is is this a perfect opportunity since we're both in the same twenty five for some uh, F and M bingo? Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we'll have Steven draw us a bingo sheet. Most excellent. Or but it will get... depend. Uh, what's on the sheet will depend very much on which variant of dragons we play. What variant, you may ask? There's more variants of dragons? Why, yes, listener. <laughs> There's still more dragons to be played. So we went out to eat afterwards, and I realized, you know what? Esper Dragons is old hat. We've gotten a lot of new spicy cards in modern since we played this deck. What if we played Jeskai Dragons? Jeskai Dragons? Well, why would you play Jeskai Dragons, you ask? Well, because we got ourselves a, a spicy new... Uh, actually, no, we're not playing Sarkin in this deck. Sorry to lead you on. But you do get to play Glorybringer. Aha! See, the yeah, problem I don't with think Glorybringer decks, was around uh, when we first ended up built Esper Dragons. No, it wasn't. So the problem is, like we alluded to, is there's no good dragons. So your options are basically you play some very terrible 4-mana dragons, or you play some slightly serviceable 5-mana dragons, or Ochatai, which is actually good, but forces you into blue-white. Well, Glorybringer is a dragon that also happens to be a flametone coffee on entering the battlefield. <laughs> so. More or less. More or less. You know. FTK with downside. But it flies. And has haste. So maybe it doesn't have downside at all. You can assassinate. Just has side side. Side side. You can kill your opponent's <laughs> Dark Confidant and their Liliana at the same time. You just have to wait till the low, low turn of turn five. <laughs> So anyways, uh, we quickly drew this up at, uh, at dinner and uh, went online and immediately started testing it, only to realize that we had completely broken the modern format in the just-for-fun practice room <laughs> on Moto. <laughs> Tournament practice. Tournament practice. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. A cut above. So, uh, so yeah, so we laid out this, uh, this dragon deck. And this dragon deck actually has some advantages over the Esper version uh, in, in all seriousness. And the advantages are it, uh, it does not dirtle quite so hard. 
so you are a, uh, a four lightning bolt for snapcaster deck and you actually have a, uh, a hasty four four dragon to beat people in the face with so yeah so you, you can close games a lot faster than esper i will say that esper turns the corner way harder in the in that sometimes you play a dragon you untap you animate a call date and you just attack f- for like a million yeah this deck can do that <clears throat> um yeah you usually do that here but um yeah you can just kind of bolt snap bolt your way into to victory after slapping him with a dragon a few times uh yeah so you get all the advantages of a, a typical just guy deck um although we had to make some concessions for the mana because Glorybringer is a three red red spell and that's not normally the kind of thing you see in your typical base blue white control like some modern so this deck is actually a base blue red deck and that means we had to play some slightly different options and uh, we started off looking at Anger of the Gods as our sweeper of choice because getting double white mana is a little tricky. But we quickly realized there is yeah. another. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to play a deck that needs red red for Glorybringer, triple blue for Cryptic Command, and double white for uh, Supreme Verdict slash yeah. Wrath of God. Yeah. It proved to be too much. But, so uh, we looked at uh, other sweepers, Anger of the Gods. Yep. And we proved that was too difficult to cast as well. So what uh, what did we find? Well, we found a spicy solution. new card. <laughs> That's what we found. So uh, I don't know if you're familiar, if you're standard cards listener who's uh, paying attention oh so intently to this Dragon Riddle podcast, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> we discovered Deafening Clarion. It's a, it's a three mana, one white and a red, and it lets you choose one or both of the following options. You can either deal three damage to all creatures just like an anger of the gods although it does not exile or you can give all your creatures a lifelink until the end of the turn or you can choose both so uh this is actually just a strictly worse anger of the gods in a lot of cases but it is much easier to cast because one white red is very different than one white red in this deck although yeah, it, which makes it not strictly worse anger of the gods because it's castable yeah also you get fringe upsides like casting a glory bringer and then the next turn casting a deafening clarion and being able to kill something with up to seven toughness and gaining eight life in the process <laughs> or sometimes you just gotta bm your opponent ah yes, <laughs> yes. so we were, we were testing our uh, monstrosity of a deck online uh testing against some poor poor little elves player and we could have deafening clarion to a three for one him but instead we chose the lifelink only mode so After. that we could exert our Glorybringer <laughs> to gain 8 life. Actually, we gained 10 because we also attacked with the Mutavolt. Yeah, man. He's like, Chris is like, animate the Mutavolt before you cast it. And I'm like, but Chris, that would kill our Mutavolt. And he's like, but no, John, that is not my plan at all. <laughs> <laughs> we should choose the lifelink mode because then we can exert and kill an elf and gain 8 life plus 2 instead of only 4 life. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. Our opponent did not concede that game for their i'm not sure if that's in their credit or yeah i'll just leave it at that i would have scooped i would have scooped a long time before they yeah before that game ended especially in a match where there's nothing on the line yeah yeah they could have played against someone who was not uh, a terrible person <laughs> we do uh get to still play path to exile to deal with um big boys uh, because blue red decks generally have a big problem dealing with, you know, larger creatures like Tarmed Waves and the like. But we still have access to Path. 
And um, we also have access to Lightning Helix to kind of offset um, the painful mana base, and even just hedge a little bit more against the more aggressive featured decks. Yeah, you got uh, you got some winners here, uh, like uh, good old good old Blessed Alliance, like we're talking about. <laughs> God, Blessed Blessed Alliance is like one of the cards I'm most happy about in the deck because it's it's just so sweet. Um, Blizzard Alliance my trap has, card. <laughs> has three three modes. Um, target player sacrifices an attacking creature. Uh, untap. I think it's untap up to two target creatures. Yep. Right. Up to two. And the third mode is gain four life. It's target player gains four life. <laughs> this is very important for you all you shadow players out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it has escalate, so you can pay two more mana to uh, choose an, an additional mode each time. Yeah, some DLC on this card. So generally, this is just kind of a, a sack an edict for attacking creatures, but when it's other things, oh, is it sweet? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it's kind of like a protection spell for your Ojutai. You go attack with it, they go to path it, and you just untap that bad boy, and suddenly it has hexproof again. Ojutai is saved, and you get a new card to replace your uh, your blessed lines because you hit him with an Ojutai. Yeah, it feels really Additionally, good. Additionally, Snapcaster. You can even just untap. Um, an exerted glory bringer, so you can just exert again. <laughs> reload, reload. <laughs> and if you have both dragons, you can just untap them both. <laughs> this kills the opponent. <laughs> Even if they're not dead, they're dead on the inside. Yeah, definitely. Have you ever uh, cast it for all three modes for six mana? I've only ever done it in two modes. I have not. No. Yeah, it's uh, it's very rare that you're in a situation where you have six mana and also need all three modes. <laughs> Usually you have other things going on to use your mana for at that point in the game. Yeah. But, Although, uh, um, gaining four and having them sack an attacking creature is not so uncommon. No, it's pretty common, yeah. So, uh, but this deck, uh, this deck also has terrible mana. Uh, it's uh, our curse with these uh, three color dragons decks. We've got a, a Cascade Bluffs in here, you know, just hanging out, chilling. <laughs> Along with our two meta vaults. And uh, a sulfur falls just to make sure that we have, you know, many, many potential hands that do not make colored mana on turn one, <laughs> or perhaps even on turn two. <laughs> and we'll have some hands that just don't make mana at all on turn one. Yeah, there are less ETB tapped lands in this deck than in Esper, though, so that's that's a plus in my book. So uh, yeah, we've been testing this uh, on Moto, and we. Uh, if we finally hammered it into a place where we were happy enough with it to take it into a uh, a competitive league, and uh, yeah, we we won the first match, right? You know, it's uh it's exciting. Beat um what Mardu? Yeah, right? beat. Is no? Was it Mardu? No, it was. Uh, oh, it was Jund. Jund. We beat Jund. Jund. A real deck. A real deck. Oh man, this deck. You know, it's gotten so many. This deck's been so popular lately. Got got so many tools. Got Bloodbraid Elf, and now it's it's got a. Uh, uh, assassin's trophy it's just like man this deck is just uh bad apparently because yeah. it loses to esper dragons or excuse me just guy dragons liliana the veil no match for the mighty glory bringer <laughs> just assassinating liliana's left and right um i'm sure our opponent was very bamboozled by the stuff they were seeing out of our deck i always wonder how people react when they they see the solemn car scorn force spike them early in the game before they've really seen much else out of the deck just like why is this guy playing two mana for Spike? What dragons could he possibly be playing? <laughs> like, 
later in the game. Oh, I see. <laughs> anticipate on a stick, huh? It's like a, a lava axe and an anticipate stapled together for every turn of the game. I feel like Ojitai is fairly unassuming. People can like, oh, some big dumb dragon. This card's probably trash. And then it starts attacking them. Like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I can actually just never win now. And they like try to kill it, and it just gets protected somehow. Or you just let it go and play another, because <laughs> you've got four of the things. Your hand is usually full of Ojitais. <laughs> I think we had three Ojitais against the Jun player, and he like cast a Thought Seize or something on us and took took a Snapcaster. Oh, yeah. our, ha our hand was like triple Ojitai, <laughs> double Path to Exile, and he's just like, uh, I guess I'm taking a path. Yeah. And uh, I think we discarded one Ojitai to a Liliana, and then I think another the got... one got edicted by the same Liliana. Yeah. And, and then... so our third Ojitai got there. <laughs> the third one stayed up. Yeah. <laughs> Just takes three, three dragons to get there. 15 mana. That's all you need. Just kills the gen player dead. Um, but unfortunately... <laughs> Uh, we immediately lost the next two rounds, so <laughs> sad times. But they were close. They were close games. We lost to what a, a Grixis Gorio's Vengeance deck that took a very, very long time. Yeah, it was uh, it was really close. The uh, the deck is uh, very scary. They uh, it's hard to put pressure on them because they can just gain eleven life out of nowhere and kind of reset the game. And if you ever yeah. slip up, they just kill you on the spot. So. And it is hard to end up fighting counter wars with the deck that's boarding in three dispels and some number of blue packs, I assume. Yeah. So uh so yeah, so we, we lost that and we lost to um what was the other matchup we played? Was uh Oh, we played against the legendary Death and Taxes player. Ah yes. Peanips, I think is his name. Peanips. look up this player, P E N I P S. He's got I don't know. About fifteen odd five O's with Eldrazi and Taxes, so um, I immediately recognized him. Um, and unfortunately, despite knowing what he was playing, we were still unable to emerge victorious. Uh, Aether Vial is a hell of a magic card against a control deck, and uh, this deck's greedy mana base and expensive threats are no match for Leonin Arbiter plus Ghost Quarter. <laughs> yeah, feels bad. But so. In the midst of all this, while we were working on our our, uh, our sweet Jeskai deck, I had a, I had a thought. I thought a, I thought a thinky thought, and I realized that uh, Sarkin Fireblood was a was a card. Now speaking of new cards that have been added for dragons, and I thought to myself, man, Sarkin Fireblood seems real sweet. You could uh, play it on turn three, and on turn four, you could play a Thunderbreak Regent and hold up Solengar's Scorn. That seems pretty good. So I started brewing up a list, and I ended up with a blue-red Dragon Moon deck. So we're over here hating on the Scred decks, just saying, oh, it's just a, a Blood Moon deck where you slot in some rain and red crap and win. Well, so too are the blue-red Moon decks. <laughs> How do you kill them? Thing in the ice? Kiki-jiki? Through the breach? Why not a pile of dragons? 
Dragons are sweeter. I'm sure we can all agree on that. So we've got here uh, a blue-red dragon deck that uh, takes advantage of some real sweet haymakers in the three CMC slot with uh, three Sarkin Fireblood, two Blood Moons, and uh, two Anchor of the Gods. So, you know, turn three, uh, opponents better not tap out for something because they're probably going to lose the game if they do. <laughs> but uh, the draw to this deck for me was that we got to play some of the... Uh, the cheaper dragons uh, and the uh, ojatai is not in this deck obviously because it's not a white deck but you get to play four thunderbreak regents which are passable in a in a more mid-rangey deck like this which is the only cheaper dragon yes this, this is really the only cheaper dragon that's playable this is uh this is the dragon that's always kind of like on the cusp but just it doesn't really do anything when it comes into play it's not a it's not a it's a bane slayer angel not a mole drifter and uh while Ojitai is more of a, of a of a Baneslayer angel, it protects itself, so it gets a pass. Thunderbreak Regent just kind of shocks them if they take it off the table. But uh, in this deck, uh, that actually works uh, fairly well because you are trying to lock your opponent out and kill them with you know bolts, Snapcaster, and, and random dragons. So them uh, getting getting lightning bolted for their troubles is actually quite good. Um, so I was experimenting with this deck, and actually I think I was doing quite well with this deck. I was pretty happy with it. It, uh, it plays a very normal blue-red Blood Moon deck game plan. And so it has been it has been hard to ascertain how many of my wins have been uh, because it's a blue-red deck with Blood Moons and how many are because there's dragons in my deck. But at the end of the day, if you can't tell the difference, why wouldn't you play sweet dragons, right? <laughs> this deck also has a, a single Niv-Mizzet Parun. Parun. So you get to, because uh, why not? Yeah, you can play your turn three Sarkin, and then turn four you can play a Nifmizit. It's uncounterable. You know what deck can't beat this card? Mardu. <laughs> flying, it. flying five five. Whenever you draw a card, it deals a damage to any target. Whenever they cast instant or sorcery, you draw a card. You know what that deck does? Cast a lot of instants and sorceries, and it plays a lot of creatures that die to a ping. <laughs> so uh, as long as you can clean up their Bedlam revelers, you're good. So, uh, yeah, this card but is... You know what Brother does not do? What? Fly. That is correct. <laughs> that is extremely correct. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Anger of the Gods and Niv-Mizzet can team up to take down a, take down a Bedlam Reveler. So that's sweet. And the best part is, you know, they uh, they cast a spell to pump the Bedlam Reveler. Well, you just uh, draw a card and ping it. So you just match. <laughs> You just keep pace with everything they cast to pump the Bedlam Reveler, so niv just always wins. <laughs> yeah, you can actually just kill Reveler with Bolt at that point. Yeah, so uh, it's pretty and sweet. They can't even uh, prowse their way out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's pretty sweet. Uh, so I've been, I've been testing this deck, um, and uh, this deck is definitely the most streamlined of the three in terms of uh, mana base and... Uh, and uh, package of cards involved it's got a it's got your four snapcaster mages four thunderbreak regents two glorybringers a niv-mizzet three sarkins four bolts four snare visions a single spell snare and a single upgrade excuse me to go along with uh, two remands and four slimgar scorns rounding out the spells you've got two anger of the gods three cryptic commands and two blood moons and 23 lands the Cascade Bluffs is back again because this deck is casting, um, you know, I don't know, what is that here? Eight spells with red red and one with triple red. Actually, I lied. It's casting more than eight. It's casting 11 spells with red red and one with triple red. And it's got four spells with triple blue and four with double blue. So 
Yeah, Cascade Bluffs is important. Four flooded strands, seven islands, a mountain, a polluted delta, <laughs> four scalding turns, three steam vents, and two sulfur falls. And you'll notice a severe lack of mutavault. Yes, so you can <laughs> you can uh, you can cut a island and a polluted delta to play two mutavaults should you want to up your dragon count. The verdict is uh, still out on whether that is correct or not. But uh, the problem with mutavault is it's uh, not very good at casting a nivmizit. No, it is very bad at casting nivmizit. <laughs> Or most of the other spells in this deck, actually. Yeah. There's a <laughs> distinct lack of colorless mana in this deck. So, so yeah. <laughs> Very hard to cast Thalmgar Scorn on turn two if one of your lands is immutable. <laughs> uh, some say it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can't even Cascade Bluffs that one. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know, Chris. What uh, what what deck are you leaning towards for uh, this FNM for uh, our Dragon Suicide Pact? Well, uh, I was thinking I might go ahead and give uh, Just Guy Dragons a whirl. Yeah, uh, deck is sweet. Um, we've played it online the most, and I don't have to buy too many new cards to play this deck. <laughs> yeah, it is true. We uh, we would need to track down a, a whopping eight Thunderbreak Regents before Friday to play this deck. Not a card people tend to be sitting on at this point in time. So, so yeah. <laughs> we also have to obtain a lot of Sarkins. Yeah, six Sarkins, eight Thunderbreak Regents, <laughs> and uh, two additional Glory Breakers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a lot of cards. Yeah, I think I think Jeskai might be the winner, but I, I, uh, I plan to bring Blue Red Dragons at some point in the future. Uh, I think the meta is not prepared for this deck. <laughs> coming soon to an lgs near you <laughs> yeah man it's got a good matchup against uh against uh dredge right is the pptq season over you need to win a pptq with uh blue red dragons it's and over. posted about it on reddit oh. so then all throughout the throughout the country people just show up at fnm with the blue red dragons <laughs> yeah the pptq season is over unfortunately but uh i could uh, i could still spec a mox or something i don't know Honestly, I think just getting a 501 moto would be enough to have a lot of people show up at LGSs all over the country. <laughs> What's this? Niv miss it, Perrin and Modern. Don't mind if I do. I'm surprised this card is still only a two and a half dollar card, by the way. Well, it's really hard to cast. I don't know. Seems good in standard. Goodish. I yeah. mean. But is, is is there a blue-red deck that's good in standard? That's the question. Who knows? That once... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's uh, I think it's, uh, enough for digging into our uh, our dragons that we've uh, we've been working on lately. So, uh, did you see any cool decks this week, Chris? <laughs> yeah, I saw this pretty cool deck. It had uh, Ojitize in it. Yeah, yeah, me too. And it uh, it played uh, Deafening Clarion. That was a that was pretty sweet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good deck. Yeah, it's a. I think I wanted to say Jeskai Dragons is a is my cool deck I saw this week. You know, search for Scanta into uh, look at three Ojitides. <laughs> Put them all on the bottom. Excellent. Uh, any order, Chris. Hit that any order <laughs> button on Moto randomized yeah but uh 
But anyways, so yeah, I think I think we both agreed that our uh, our cool decks that we saw were our own, which is a little unfair, but uh, too bad. Deal with it. We'll be back with some real cool decks that are not our own next week. <laughs> so so let's get in our slot of the week. I wonder what it'll. I wonder what kind of cards we'll see here in the slot of the week this uh, this week. Chris, uh, what card are you super hyped to get into your seventy five? Oh, uh, card I'm super hyped to get playing my deck is uh, Minamo School at Water's Edge. Oh, what? <clears throat> why, why would you uh, play this card in modern, Chris? Man, this land is sweet. Um, it comes into play untapped. Wow, that's actually it, pretty good. It itself is a legendary land. Mm-hmm. And you can uh, pay blue and tap it to untap a legendary permanent. Wait, really? It can untap itself? Yeah. <laughs> you can pay blue to untap itself if you really want to. Hey, man, maybe your opponent's on mill and you need a mesmeric orbit card in the yard to flip your search for a skit. <laughs> I don't know. That's terrible. On a scale from one to fringe. <laughs> that's that's beyond fringe. That's way beyond fringe. I don't think such a scenario has ever occurred. Um, it's it's just really funny because it's just, it's all on board, right? The the Ojitai interaction just it's just all there, yet people still kinda walk into it on occasion. It is, Sometimes it is. They, they, they remember that they can't really point removal at your type, but they forget that you can untap it to just block something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, we cracked up with Ojitai, I guess we'll just crack back with this 3-3. Three, three. Like, uh, nom 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 nom. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'll just bowl, uh, hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Or like, oh, in response to untap, I guess I'll path it now. Uh, Selmgar Scorn. Yeah. Yeah, Minamo is like uh, the cartoon rake. It's like step on that bad boy and smack yourself in the face every time playing against it. <laughs> what about you, John? I wonder what kind of card you're going to have for your slot of the week. My slot of the week is uh, Slither... I mean, uh, Slumgar Scorn. <laughs> <laughs> See, while, uh, while Slither Blade is a, is a one-mana, one-two unblockable, uh, Slumgar Scorn is actually just Counterspell. So it is uh, definitely the s- <laughs> superior card in my slot of the week. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sullivan Scorn is the whole reason that we're out in the weeds this far. So I think it's a, it's a pretty easy pick for Salt of the Week. Uh, without Sullivan Scorn, I don't think any of these decks are remotely playable. <laughs> Some might argue that even with it, they aren't. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to counterspell some people. You know, what's your opponent going to do? Bring in Rest in Peace? This isn't a Logic Knot. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever. Not even worried. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm excited to to cast some more of those. It's been my to my slot of the last week as well, honestly, because we've been playing with this card online for a few days now, and I think uh, I'm about to play with it some more as soon as we sign off here, Chris. And uh, I I've been away from blue decks for a little while, and it's gonna be nice to getting back to playing some counter spells alongside some dragons. Yep. Yep. So uh, on that note. Uh, we're going to sign out tonight. Thank you for tuning in to our our Dragon cast, even if you weren't expecting it. Thank you for staying tuned in after we took a, a sudden and severe turn, for the worst you might say. <laughs> but uh, thank you for checking us out and sticking around to the very end. If you're wondering where you can check us out, you can head over to mtgconflux.com. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under the same name, MTG Conflux. And if you have any suggestions or comments you'd like us to read, please feel free to shoot us a message on one of those platforms, especially if it's about dragons. Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around, and we hope you'll join us in the next one. Later! Later!